What else could you do with those shoes? Shut the fuck up, kid. We're trying to do some. Ready? Jeff. And I'm Craig. And, and it's Miller time. Dick Miller time. It's true. Uh, recently, prolific actor Dick Miller and writer um, yes. Dick Miller died at age 90. And we thought we would sit down and rap about Dick. Talk about his... Long, prolific career yes. in films and TV. When was the first time you remember ever seeing Dick Miller? As with most people roughly our age, it'll be Gremlins as yeah. Mr. Futterman. Mm-hmm. Gremlins. You got, you got to watch out for the foreigners because they plant gremlins in their machinery. That's the same gremlins brought down our planes in the big one. Big. That's right. World War II. Good old WWII. You know, they're still shipping them over here. They put them in the cars, they put them in the TV, they put them in the stereos and the radios. You stick in your ears, they put them in their watches. They got little Mr. teeny gremlins for our watches. Um, I don't think it's such a good idea that you drive. Why don't you walk home? You know, Katie, I think maybe I'll walk home. Good. That's a nice night. Um, although technically, I think I had seen him in other things before that because I remember uh, when we first bought a VCR <laughs> back in the early 80s, uh, Heartbeeps was one of the films oh, I really? distinctly remember my parents renting for me, mm-hmm. being all like, You like Star Wars? You like robots? Watch this. And it was, <laughs> you know, I was a very, very young child and it was kind of incomprehensible to me. Um, and I know Dick Miller was technically in that, but yeah. I don't think I was aware of him until Gremlins. Heartbeeps is that one with uh, Andy Kaufman, right? Yeah. 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 It's kind of a notoriously considered, like, you know, one of the worst mainstream movies of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. I've actually never watched it. I've seen the pictures of the uh, Andy Kaufman robot. But... Well, and, and I, I haven't seen it as an adult, so I don't know if maybe there's more to it than, you know, kind of the general uh, consensus of it or whatever. Maybe there's more value to it. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm with you. I think the first time I remember being aware of him, like I didn't know his name, but I recognized him as an actor, was in Gremlins. And then uh, I think like a year later was when Explorers came out. Mm. And it's funny because over the years, that's kind of the thing that comes to mind even more than Gremlins is remembering him from Explorers. Yeah. Jesus! Did you see that? What I saw, Tony. Gordon, there was something inside. Did you see it? I swallowed my gum. Uh, Why do you think that hooked into you so much? I don't know. I just like that that movie in particular just really captured my imagination as a kid. Yeah. And then he was sort of a uh, like when the movie starts, you where you they first introduce him, you kind of think like, oh, he's gonna be sort of like this bad guy that's gonna like take these kids down you know mm. or like 
try to foil their plans of going into outer space or whatever, but you find out that in fact, like, uh, it's kind of the opposite. Like he's kind of jealous of them that they get to go and do, you know, become space explorers. Sure. He had the similar dream at their age. Yeah. Hey man, I waited a lifetime for something like this to happen. I want to find out what the hell it was we saw up there. Okay. Well, I saw something down in the creek and I... I don't know. I can't help it. Can't you understand that? All I know is this is driving me crazy. Gordon? Look, man, I've been having dreams about this lately. Yes, really. The weird thing is, I haven't had dreams like this since I was a kid. And he sees himself. Yeah, he turns out being like, like a sweet guy who's like, I don't know. He seems to like really like it and yeah. kind of touches him to his heart to see that these kids actually did it. And he's right. like, oh, I, w- I, wanted to, I wanted to do that when I was a kid. Nice going, kid. And I always thought he was really funny. Like every every kind of scene you ever see Dick Miller in, it seems like he's he's got some. He always seems like a comedic kind of character. But not like over the top wacky, but you know, like that scene in Explorers where they're in the helicopter and they see the spaceship for the first time, and he just sees uh, River Phoenix wearing a gas mask, yeah, and just the light hits it just right and it looks like an alien. He's like Jesus, <laughs> and he's like I swallowed my gum. <laughs> you know, I always kind of considered Mr. Futterman, and and I kept noticing him growing up, uh, popping up and things. Little did I know, because I didn't pay that close attention. Obviously, as a younger kid. Uh, that Joe Dante uh, really let Dick Miller have pretty meaty roles or at least really yeah. fun scenes where he would kind of stick out. Cause uh, I definitely remember seeing the burbs and really mm-hmm. liking Dick Miller in that scene as you know, the garbage collector yeah. that's just kind of bemused by all these people acting insane around him. Yeah. He's one of those guys that like he would pop up in things throughout my life and I'd be like, Oh, there's that guy again. Yeah. Like I really like that dude. And uh, like you said, like I didn't realize I, you know, as a kid, I wasn't really familiar with like who was directing what. Right. So it didn't occur to me that like everything I saw Dick Miller in was basically something Joe Dante had to do with. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like Erie, Indiana and uh, the Burbs and, well, not Terminator. I guess he didn't have anything to do with Terminator. Well, yeah, but, but if you think there. about it, James Cameron, who directed Terminator, was uh, one of the uh, Roger Corman school, like where, where he got his big yeah. break. So there might be a little connection there. The 12 gauge autoloader. That's Italian. You can go pump or auto. The 45 long slide with laser siding. These are brand new. We just got them in. That's a good gun. You just touch the trigger, the beam comes on, and you put the red dot where you want the bullet to go. You can't miss. Anything else? Phased plasma rifle in the 40 watt range. Hey, just what you see, pal. The Uzi 9 millimeter. You know your weapons, buddy. Any one of these is ideal for home defense. So, uh, which will it be? All. Let me close early today. There's a 15-day wait on handguns and rifles you can take right now. You can't do that. Wrong. It's also kind of cool. We watched the documentary about Dick Miller again last night. That guy, Dick Miller, which is on Amazon Prime and really worth checking out if you're interested in... Dick Miller's career and uh, Roger Corman and Joe Dante and stuff like that. So, yeah. and side note, you can see Craig Garrett's name in the credits. It's true. Hi-oh. 
I, do, I donated to the Kickstarter uh, <laughs> back in the day when they were putting that together. So uh, part of my IMDb credits. Yes. Look it up. No, don't really. It's not. It's not on there, but it should be. We should update that. I'm gonna make an IMDb page. It's all gonna be special thanks to all the Kickstarters that I've contributed to over the years. And that so. episode of Comic Book Man. Yes, and um, web series Half Ass Horrorcast, <laughs> ongoing. Yes, um, but going back to the documentary. Yeah, the documentary. We watched it last night again, and like we'd both seen it before, but it was kind of good to refresh our memories on things and. Uh, just interesting to see how uh, his career path went because they, he said like he never like really auditioned or anything. It was just, you know, roles would come to him. Like people would see him in something and be like, Oh, I want that guy in my movie. Sure. And, you know, and he would, that's how he got in. Uh, he just was in everything that Roger Corman made because Roger Corman just liked him and asked well, him to be in it. And, and even though he had some theater background, um, his real dream was to be a writer. And I think it's kind of, it was interesting to watch it from the perspective of being a little bit older now and seeing how like your dreams can kind of shift and uh, you kind of have to keep some plates spinning. You know what I mean? Like it's not all going to just work out exactly how you want. And Mm -hmm. he kind of made the most of kind of his plan B in a way, you know, because I don't think he really wanted to be an actor as his main, um, you know, main thing. So, which is really funny because like he was such a good actor. Like, That's another thing I was thinking of. Like the whole time I'm watching that documentary, I was like, I just feel like this guy was always just one huge role away from being a massive star. Right. Cause, and I felt that way about, uh, um, Bruce Campbell too. Like back in, I feel like back in the late eighties, early nineties, he could have played Superman, you know? Well, I remember back, uh, this is dating us a little bit, but I remember reading wizard back in the day and they had a poll for who, because uh, there was rumors that they were going to make a new Superman movie and Christopher Reeves was going to, you know, pass the torch to someone else. And uh, the reader poll in Wizard Magazine in the early 90s was like, who should win? I mean, who should win the part of Superman? And uh, Bruce Campbell was the one that won that poll. I remember. Oh, really? So, like, a lot of people in that era, I think, would have liked to have seen him take over. Yeah. And because, so. I mean, I'm a huge Bruce, Bruce Campbell fan. And I think, uh, you know, he's hilarious. He He could do, like, any comedic role. But, like... He he was also like really handsome back in the day. True. I mean, not that he's not handsome now. He's just an older man. It's right, you know, right. It's different. But uh, yeah, I just always thought like, man, why is this guy not just like a huge, like a list movie star? Like he's in these kind of like horror movies and kind of uh, like B movies and stuff, which I love. I I think all those movies are really fun and I love watching those. But I, it it just sort of felt like he's one like huge roll away from just blowing up. And I kind of feel the same way about Dick Miller, where like. Like, we watched uh, A Bucket of Blood last night. The artist, the poet, the figure model who loves to show it. You suppose he could be physically attracted to her? No, man, he ain't the type. He don't get enough vitamin E. All these are beat. All these you'll meet in A Bucket of Blood. Let us make the scene. Crazy. Come, enjoy yourself. (laughs) Where the hilarious enjoy the horrifying. In a bucket of blood. Now you're gonna shoot me, don't you? Which is his... One of his only leading roles. Yeah. But back in the Corman days, dates back to... 
59? Yeah, that when it was? I think it was 59. Yeah. And yeah, it, uh, I mean, the guy, he was so good. He, uh, but he always, you know, played sort of this working class. Well, and I think that's what makes Bucket of Blood unique is that he plays kind of a squeamish, um, uh, understated character, kind of yeah. a nerdy guy. Whereas normally he plays, yeah, blue collar, uh, rough and tumble type characters. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see him play meek for once. Yeah. yeah. And he's trying to fit into this sort of like beatnik art world. Right. And, uh, He's a lowly waiter at a yeah. at a kind of cafe with all these hipster guys. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, a Corman movie, so it's low budget. But like they, Roger Corman was really good at uh, making the best of what limited resources he had. And if you haven't seen Bucket of Blood, it's about you know this meek coffee shop Walter Paisley. Yeah, who the infamously that name is used over and over again for Dick Miller characters yeah. from there on out. Yeah. Yeah, it's like other people making movies with him is like an homage to A Bucket of Blood. They just kept naming him Walter Paisley. Officer Paisley. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's a like a busboy at a coffee shop and he's he you know, he wants to be one of these like hip cool artist guys mm. and uh but has no talent of his own it yeah. seems, you know, but aspirations. So he accidentally kills his cat that <laughs> it's like <laughs> his neighbor his neighbor is missing her cat and says, "Hey, you know, keep an eye out for my cat." And he's like, "Okay." Mm. And then uh, when Walter is doing his own little sculpture, he's trying to finally take the gauntlet and make his own art. Uh, he keeps getting annoyed by a cat meowing. Yeah. And it's apparent that the cat is trapped in his wall somehow. <laughs> and he is trying to cut the cat out, I guess, with a butcher knife. Yeah, he like picks up a knife. He's like, all right, I'll cut you out of the wall. And he just like stabs the knife into the wall. And it just <laughs> happens to stab this taxidermied cat. <laughs> <laughs> he stabs the cat directly. And then he breaks the wall open, pulls the cat out. And yeah, it's completely frozen. Yeah. It's already rigor mortis is set in instantly, I yeah. guess. And uh, <laughs> which you know, we just laugh. There's so many scenes that like weren't meant to be funny that we laughed out loud at, but it's yeah. still fun. Like then he just basically covers the cat in uh, clay and then says that he sculpted it, leaving the knife in the side of the cat, and everyone is like amazed by how great this cat looks. Sure. But in reality, the, the sculpture doesn't look that great. But <laughs> uh, but in all fairness, I think it's supposed to be kind of satire on right. how the art world maybe works, especially from Roger Corman's view of, yeah. um, you know, Los Angeles in the late 50s mm -hmm. and how beatnik culture could kind of like take anything and spin it as yeah. some commentary on the world. And when in reality, it was just a cat with a knife in it. It's yeah. not really supposed to mean anything. Exactly. So he ends up like, we're just spoiling the whole thing. If you want to watch it, it's on YouTube. It's actually on Amazon Prime, but yeah. the one that's on YouTube looks and sounds way better than the one on Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah, normally I, I don't recommend seeing stuff on YouTube that's kind of like ripped or whatever, but in this case, it's the best version available for streaming. Yeah. So Because we tried to watch the one on Amazon Prime and we couldn't understand anything anyone was saying because it was so muffled. Yeah, it was a VHS re rip for some reason. I don't know why Amazon doesn't have a more appropriate version posted, yeah. but... But yeah, the one on uh, YouTube is much better quality, much clearer picture, and better sound. So yeah, I would actually recommend watching that. It's a pretty fun movie. And, and, and without totally spoiling the whole movie, I mean, the basic premise is obviously, you know, he kills this cat and he has no talent. And when, you know, the art world starts to buzz about his work, mm -hmm. it's like, hey, what's next? And he feels the pressure to keep going so he murders a human being and covers them in clay and kind yeah. of things go from there oh, come on walter take off the sheet
Don't you like it? Walter, it's a masterpiece. I've never seen anything like it before. And I hope I never see anything like it again. Neither do I. As things keep escalating, his notoriety grows in the art world and people become more and more accepting of him. Yeah. And it's kind of, it almost works today in, in like kind of a social media commentary mm -hmm. because uh, you're always worried about people forgetting about you and what's yeah. your next thing that people are going to buzz about or whatever. So it's kind yeah, of was, a similar thing. I was thinking this would be a good movie for someone to remake mm -hmm. by like, you know, in today's standards and stuff, but. Because people forget things so quickly. It's like, yeah. it's always what's next. It's never yeah. uh, appreciate what the person has done for a while. You yeah, know? especially now. Yeah. Like, somebody posts a artwork on YouTube and it's like, cool, when's your next one? Yeah. Like, like we made our, uh, we made a comic book years ago. And, uh, you know, it took me like a year to draw this comic book. And yeah. I've, well, yeah. Labor of love, obviously. Yeah. You're, you have a day job. And, right. Yeah, because yeah, it was just, I can only work on it in my free time after work and stuff. And so... Once I got it finished, like we did all this work, you know, put all this work into it in time. And then I remember giving it to a friend of mine to read. And he was like, cool, when's the next one coming out? And I was like, are you kidding me? It took yeah. me a year to make this one. You're already asking for the next one. And like, we purposely left that comic. Uh, I mean, it pretty much ends. I mean, there's potential for other things to happen, but yeah. it's not. It's a pretty open and closed story. So mm -hmm. uh, it is interesting that people instantly yeah. were like, Give me the next one. Yeah, which is funny because I actually have – I'm four pages away from finishing that second issue. I've been four pages away from finishing that second issue for about five years. <laughs> so what, uh, maybe someday we'll, my New Year's resolution – or uh, 2019, I should finish that. Maybe uh, someday we'll put it all together in a, a collection, like a yeah. little graphic novel. We'll have that and the little like, one shot that we did. Um, yeah, Dr. Acula. Yeah. So that, that's uh, Robot Zombie and uh, – oh, no. I just Robot sorry. Lincoln and Zombie Jackson. Yeah. If you ever want to look it up. Yeah. But anyway, we got I got off course. Uh we're talking Dick Miller movie. Bucket of Blood. Bucket and of definitely course. look up Bucket of Blood. Uh his other uh big leading role for a uh Corman movie of that era is um is it Rock and Roll All Night? Is that what it's called? Something like that. I know it's got rock and roll on the title. I'll drop it in if if it's if I'm okay. totally wrong. 1957's Rock All Night. Um, and he plays a more traditional Dick Miller character in that, where he's kind of a rough and tumble guy. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, and he was in uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Well, and that's what we should mention. You know, you're talking about missing your one shot. They alluded to in the documentary that guy Dick Miller that uh, they originally wanted Dick Miller to play the lead in Little Shop mm -hmm. of Horrors, which obviously ended up being a pretty big hit. Um, but he decided Dick Miller was like, it's too close to Walter Paisley. I just played this character in Bucket of Blood. That's yeah. this kind of this meat guy that kills to get notoriety and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so my best buddy, he, he can play that part. And I'll just play a, a supporting role yeah. in Little Shop of Horrors. And they kind of hint at the idea that, well, maybe if he had played the lead, he would have taken off. More people yeah. would have seen him and uh, offered him bigger roles and stuff like that. But, I mean, there's no way yeah. to know that for sure. So. The other thing is, he just he seemed like such a nice, sweet dude, but like, oh, yeah. but not like a, a nice dude in like a pushover kind of way. Like he, he, I mean, he seemed like the the characters, a lot of the characters that he played in some of the movies, and like you know, in the documentary, he's like late eighties, early nineties. He's his age. He's, yeah, he's yeah, in, yeah. He's in, and in he's 80s. still really witty and funny and like making sure. jokes and stuff and. 
and then he's got like this gorgeous wife. Like we were watching, going like, "Oh my god, that's I, his I, wife!" <laughs> I was ignorant of who his wife was because she's an actor as well, and they they kind of showcase her most infamous role was in The Graduate as oh, a stripper, yeah. mm-hmm. and she is just absolutely gorgeous. I mean, yeah. there's just no way around it, man. Like in all the pictures they show of her back in the day, mm-hmm. up until pretty recently, she yeah. is just a fox. I mean, yeah. this, this beautiful woman. Um, very I mean, sweet relationship. Yeah. I mean, even for like for a woman of her age, I mean, I'm oh, like, very I'm pretty. Assuming, yeah, yeah, like she's still, she looks great. Like, and talking about how Dick was still, uh, you know, really, we stereotype people as they get older and mm-hmm. kind of think, ah, oh, they lose a few steps, whatever. But you know, Dick is still pretty much with it, and she definitely is. Uh, you know, has all these amusing stories. I don't know. It's just, it's just neat seeing people still with it. Roger Corman is that way too. If you listen yeah. to interviews with him in recent years, I mean, he's the same age and you wouldn't know that he yeah. is, he looks younger as well. I mean, he looks like yeah. he's in his seventies, you know, but he's actually in his nineties. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like those guys, they had the secret. I don't know what it was, but they were able to. Well, Dick kind of alludes to it. It's working. It's, it's, you know, you stay vital when, you know, there's still something on the horizon. If you don't yeah. like rest on your laurels, that seems to be a thing. Did you ever meet him at any conventions or anything? I didn't. I never had the opportunity to be around uh, Dick Miller. Would have loved to. But yeah. you said you missed an opportunity, right? Yeah. I've, and it was almost like I Im- immediately regretted it. Like when I left the convention center. So basically, like it was maybe two years ago at the Palooza in uh, Pasadena. I knew he was going to be there too. And my friend and I we were walking around and I saw him at a table and I think his wife was with him and he was just standing there and there was nobody in line to, to talk to him or anything. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't have a lot of money at the time to spend. So I, I talked myself out of approaching him because I was like, well, I don't want to go up and start talking to him and then him, him expect me to buy something from him. And then sure. be like, uh, well, nice to meet you. I gotta go, you know, cause I thought like, that'll be rude. And then, um, but thinking back now, I'm like, oh, that was that was really stupid. Like, mm. I should have approached him and just, you know, told him how much I appreciated him and his his work and everything. Because, like, like I said, it was like as soon as I left, I was like, oh, I should have talked to Dick Miller. Like, why didn't I do that? Like, yeah. I saw him standing there and I could have said something. And I remember telling my buddy, like, uh, if he's at the next Monster Palooza, I'm definitely going to talk to him, regardless of if I'm buying anything. You know, had I gone to see him again, then I definitely would have got like a picture with him or something. But he didn't do the next Monster Palooza, and now he's passed away. So true. I lost my one opportunity to, <laughs> to talk to him, but I did see him in person. Yeah. What about other movies you'd recommend? Uh, you mentioned Explorers, oh, as a yeah. Dick Miller. You know, kind of standout roles or another one that you kind of recommend to listeners. Well, he's in um, The Howling. We'll find out if any of Eddie's killings were on a full moon. Hey, that's a lot of Hollywood baloney. Your classic werewolf could change shape any time it wants, day and night, whatever it takes a notion to. That's why I call them shapeshifters. I got a dozen books on it. What about killing it with silver bullets? Well, sure. Silver bullets are fire. It's the only way to get rid of the damn things. They're worse than cockroaches. They come back from the dead if you don't kill them right. Plus, they regenerate. You know what that is? Cut off an arm, cut off a leg, stick a knife in a heart, nothing. They may look dead, but bam, three days later, they're as good as new. You believe in this? What am I, an idiot? I'm making a buck here. You want books? I got books. I got chicken blood. I got dog embryos. I got black candles. I got wolf brain. Look at this. Silver bullets. Some joker ordered them. 3006. Never picked them up. I take Bank America, American Express, Visa. You gonna buy that or what? Yeah, also playing a Walter Paisley. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the name of his character in that film. One thing that they mentioned in the documentary that I, 
I had forgotten about, and I have the Blu-ray, so I, sh- I should check to see if it's on there. But he actually saw a scene for Pulp Fiction that got cut. I really, it's a bummer that he didn't make it in there. And it, you know, in the documentary, they talk about how he was really disappointed that his scene got cut from that movie. I can imagine, yeah. Because yeah. I said they in the documentary they said that he like ran into Quentin Tarantino somewhere. Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino was just like, "Oh my god, I'm a huge fan. Sure. I love you." And like the next day, he was like, "You want to, you know, come shoot a scene for my movie?" Mm-hmm. And it was Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that more um, like directors didn't quite latch on to him. Uh, that were like big league directors yeah. kind of in the twilight of his career because um, I mean, he had the chops, you know, going all through his life. Uh, you think of something like demon Knight, I think is a mm-hmm. great example of him and, you know, when he's much older, yeah. uh, cause that's like 95, 96 around yeah. in there. And um, he's absolutely terrific in it. I mean, Ernest Dickerson, the director uh, apparently picked him out specifically yeah. to, to, to be in it. So Demon Knight's one I would definitely recommend if you want to check out Dick Miller uh, kind of full force in a, in a role <laughs> that actually, you know what I mean? It's not just like one scene or whatever. He's all through the movie. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. It's last Billy Zane from Dead Calm, William Sadler from Die Hard 2, and Jada Pinkett from Menace to Society. Ooh, I love those titles. Oh, there's just something about that dude that was really likable i could see why people wanted him to be in uh in their movies sure and I, you know and i just trashed like uh directors of the 90s and the early aughts <laughs> for not uh, hiring they, they did in the documentary they show you know he he ended up on tv spots i mean he obviously was in um uh erie indiana we, yeah. we mentioned he's he's a main character in one of the episodes and he ended up in the star <laughs> trek episode deep space nine oh, um, yeah. so uh there's plenty of opportunities to check him out and other things yeah. And they gave him a meteor role. I, I, I mean, I love him in the original Gremlins. He's great. But I, I think in Gremlins 2, he gets to really amp up yeah. uh, his part and gets to be a little more heroic. And it's it's kind of fun to see him, um, you know, manhandle the bat gremlin in that yeah. one scene. It's kind of cool. He gets actually gets to fight a gremlin, <laughs> g- get his mojo back after yeah. being attacked in the original movie. So. He's like, oh, no, they're back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's heroic in that movie. Yeah. It's, it's fun. So... Uh, and, and anytime an older person passes away, um, whether that's in your personal life or a celebrity, people always go, ah, you know, what were you expecting? They're fucking 90, you right. know? And, uh, like, I understand that to a certain extent. I mean, he had a wonderful life, got to oh, yeah. do so many cool things and enjoy his life. But, uh, there is something, I think this death affected me more than pretty much any other death. Like Stan Lee died recently mm-hmm. and, you know, there's been some really heavyweights, uh, pass away lately and it's it's always sad but dick miller has really affected me because i think i realized i'm not going to see him pop up in anything again there's not any yeah. chance of that ever again you know he's that's over with so it's yeah. kind of that time capsule of you know the 60 years he was or 70 years he was into it so it's one of those things where like uh i, I kind of have the same feeling when um robin williams died where it's just like there's this person who's just been famous sure. from the time i was born and like now they're just gone and it's yeah. just weird to be like wow this is a world without that person now you we're not going to see them but anymore. he he was a great example of someone everyone took for granted too yeah because exactly. robin williams is kind of you go ah, i kind of know his shit who cares you know right. what i mean but like once he's gone it's like oh fuck you know like yeah like that's the thing when robin williams died i didn't realize like how much uh i liked him or like 
like how big of a deal it was because then I, I I got like so emotional when sure. I found out that he passed away. I was just, like I just couldn't believe it, and yeah, it's, it was weird. It was like this family member passing away or something. Sure. It's like you know, even though he's like a dude I never met or anything, but like you know, you grow up watching his movies and. But I will say for Dick Miller, um, I've already you know the past few weeks after he passed. Um, I looked at some movies that he's, you know, been in, you know, whether it's Bucket of Blood or, you know, catching him in the original Terminator when, yeah. you know, he has that great scene with Arnold and it's not melancholy. It's like kind of yeah. fun. It's still fun <laughs> to see him pop up in things and you still go, ah, it's him, you know? Yeah. So I'm glad that that kind of perseveres, that there's still that charge of seeing Dick Miller in a movie. It's yeah. not like, ah, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's gone. So yeah, that happened to me kind of recently too. I was at my parents' house and uh, my dad, he's always watching Gunsmoke. Yeah. And uh, he was just watching an old Gunsmoke episode, and Dick Miller was in it. And I just jumped up. I was like, "Hey, there's Dick Miller!" And my dad was like, "Who's Dick Miller?" <laughs> and I was like, "That guy." He's like, "Oh yeah, 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 I know who that guy." Like, he didn't know his name, but he recognized his face. Yeah. Oh, should we talk about Corey Feldman? Oh yeah, we didn't talk about the Corey Feldman. Maybe I can scene. drop that earlier. <laughs> yeah, there's that scene in the Burbs. Well, there's well, I, like right after Dick Miller died, uh, I feel like people were sharing it a lot on social media is like this uh, outtake from the <laughs> burbs where uh, Corey Feldman is, you know, being a silly teenager and just acting weird. And then uh, it's really annoying. Dick Miller <laughs> Dick Miller is <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, kid. We're trying to act here. I yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, like it's clear they're about ready to shoot a scene and Corey Feldman's like dancing and mm-hmm. acting you know, just obnoxious yeah. right up until the moment they're going to yell action. Yeah. And Dick Miller is the only guy that doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and he's like, kid, shut the fuck up. We're trying to act here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and, and like Corey Feldman mimes that he's going to like, Ooh, like, you know, take a punch at him or whatever, yeah. jokingly. Um, but to Corey Feldman's credit in the documentary, mm-hmm. uh, that guy, Dick Miller, he says, ah, I probably deserved it. Right. Yeah. He's he? something like that. He was like, you know, I was a teenager. I was smoking a bunch of pot and all this stuff. Mm. And- just being goofy but uh you yeah. think about yourself when you're like 15 ish right. uh, you think you're a king shit of fuck mountain a lot of times <laughs> so i'm sure he thought as a child actor that he was just the most glorious human being ever oh, yeah. you know so it was probably That's... very healthy for him to get some pushback uh, <laughs> yeah. like at the time he was just like hot stuff like right. he was in all the teen magazines and stuff and like dick miller didn't give a shit no <laughs> he's just like no. shut the fuck up we're trying to work here <laughs> it's really funny i wonder if they shared any scenes in the original gremlins I've kind of um, forgotten. I don't think that they really interacted much. Yeah, I don't remember them being in any scenes together. Yeah. I just wonder if he hated them even back then. Yeah, maybe. Because I remember Ted White said he hated Corey Feldman oh, back really? on Friday the 13th. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, that he that a lot of the scenes where he was like acting against, you know, like trying to catch Corey Feldman was uh-huh. like they were genuine. It was like, yeah. I want to get this kid, you know. And, <laughs> He's so annoying. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Good. Yeah. To, God bless you, Dick Miller. Yes. A fond farewell to dick miller happy happy trails sir and uh thank you to roger corman and joe dante and guys like that for featuring them so often so we got to you know kind of take in this like super fun talent yeah and uh definitely check out that guy dick miller on amazon prime uh bucket of blood easy to track down explorers obviously the gremlins movies and demon knight uh, I think that'll be a pretty good, you'll get like a pretty good taste of all the, you know, various roles that he's had over the years mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then maybe you can go deeper cuts after that line. So yeah, definitely check out the documentary. Yeah. Um, it's 
called That Guy Dick Miller. And then, uh, yeah, just farewell, Dick, and rest in peace, sir. Thank you for listening to the Half-Assed Horrorcast. You can find us on Instagram at Half-Assed Horrorcast, Facebook at Half-Assed Horror, Twitter at H-A Horrorcast, and you can send us an email at halfassedhorrorcast at gmail.com or visit our website, halfassedhorrorcast.com. I don't want you to purchase, mister. I just want to give you a free demonstration. You want to purchase, you purchase. You don't want to purchase, you don't purchase. I ain't going to force you to purchase.